welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, Troy Francis, and welcome back. I hope you've had a great week. Hope you're enjoying the weekend, and uh, yeah, I hope you're prepared for a fantastic week full of productive work and lots and lots of game in the coming week. So, we're back, and how's this week been for me? Well, pretty good. Um, I've been working on... Um, quite a number of things in the background, actually, for realtryfrancis.com. I am preparing a new book, which I'll be working on intensively next week. And the um, the second book, well, the third book, if you count Tax Game Mastery, which I've been promising for ages, is um, very, very imminent. It's been edited. Um, I was just looking through the edit just now. Really, really great um, editing work by a guy that I've worked with before on The Seven Laws of Seduction over in New York. Um, so that's cool. The cover is being designed as we speak. So very excited about that to see that. And I've been talking to a guy who's going to help me with the formatting of the work. So that should all get sorted out this week and we should have a publication date for you very soon. So I'm very excited about that. I think it's got loads of value in it. It's probably, it's almost double the size of Seven Laws of Seduction, this new book. So um, there's a lot of material in there and I think you're going to really like it and you're going to find it really helpful. So that is coming up. And as I say, I am now working on the text for another book. So another book that is, isn't Seven Laws of Seduction and isn't this book and isn't Text Game Mastery, but a fourth Troy Francis book, which will be on um, entirely new subject matter. I'm saying that, of course, it relates to pickup, it relates to game. Um, and it's subject matter that I have touched on in some of the articles that I put out recently, but it's a very different kind of approach to The Seven Laws of Seduction and the new book that I've uh, got coming up soon. It's going to be um, a deep dive into a very specific area of game and pickup, so I'm really looking forward to working on that. I've cleared the decks for next week, so I've got lots of time. I'm going to be fueling up on coffee, and I'm going to be working 10 hours a day is the plan, on putting together this, uh, certainly the first draft of this book. And so what I'm going to be doing next week, because my time is necessarily going to be taken up with that, is that um, for my blog or for the website, each day next week, Monday to Friday, my aim is to put up a segment from this new book, which is to come out, well, in the, ne in the coming months. So I will be posting effectively what you might call sneak previews of the new material um, on, uh, on a daily basis as it comes out per day. Because for one thing, um, my time, as I say, is going to be quite stretched because I really want to focus and do, and do a deep dive on this new book next week. And secondly, because this is material that I'm thinking about, it's very form front and you know, front and centre of my mind, and um, what I'm going to do is pick out a section that I think is most valuable, um, get that out on the website so that you guys can get a flavour of what I'm working on, um, and a little bit of a sneak preview before the actual book itself comes out um, in the coming months or month or so. So, lots of news there, um, <clears throat> but to, to clarify, there is another book coming out, 
which is titled or subtitled The Modern Casanova. That will be coming out very soon in the next couple of weeks or the next week, hopefully. And then this uh, other book, I don't have a title for yet, but I will be working on the rough draft of that next week or rather this week, if you like, tomorrow. So I'm very busy, lots and lots of stuff on. Uh, I hope you guys are busy too. Please do drop me a line. Let me know how you're getting on. Let me know about your game successes, failures and challenges. Any suggestions you might have for the site. Anything you'd like to hear me cover in this podcast. And if you haven't already, also sign up for my newsletter. So I've been tweeting out the link um, for my newsletter quite frequently this week because I think it's really important to spread the word about that. So if you sign up to that, I'm sending out effectively uh, a free article every week, if you like, or um, a, a piece of content that has not been seen anywhere else each week that will give you some of the really cutting edge kind of tools and techniques that I am using uh, within my game. And there's a really interesting one today, actually, which I won't talk about at length here, but um, uh, based on an experience I had on Friday night with a girl that I did some game on, um, I wrote up um, exactly the technique that I used, why it was effective and how you can use it too. So look out for tweets, sign up for my newsletter. I think you'll find that really useful. And yeah, keep watching this space for new content. So today I want to go into a topic um, based on an article that I put out actually on the 10th of May. Now this article um, was called Seven Tips for No Strings Sex. Um, Really, really popular topic. Uh, Loads of guys um, contacted me about this. It got loads of views. Lots of people reading it, lots of people sharing it. And I guess it's pretty self-explanatory, really, why that will be the case. Because, you know, the title, I hope the title is not too clickbaity, but at the same time, seven tips for no-string sex. I mean, I think there's quite a lot of of men who are going to be interested in that. I mean, I think if I hadn't written it, I would certainly uh, be clicking on that link to find out what the seven tips are. So very popular article. And for that reason, I thought it'd be interesting to base a podcast on it um, and to sort of just talk it through in a more informal way. Um, Now, actually, this article, although I published it this week, um, originally came out on Return of Kings. And it was, I think it was a year ago, maybe even more than a year ago. It It was a while ago when I first wrote this anyway, and I've given it a bit of a refresh and put it up on realtroyfrancis.com because it's an evergreen topic. You know, I think there are always going to be men who are looking to achieve no-string sex. I know I certainly am. And so the advice here hopefully is is evergreen, it's useful. So I republished, I spruced the article up, gave it a little bit of a, little bit of lick and polish, spit and polish as we say rather, Uh, and put it up there, and I was really gratified with the response. But the point is, though, that the article is um, a couple of years old, and that's relevant because when I was writing it, I was thinking very specifically of a particular girl who I'd had a fuck-buddy relationship with. Um, Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking back on that now. So this was a girl, I actually met her through work, and... You know, you've got to be careful, really, with that. I was talking to a guy on Twitter 
today and or sorry the other day actually and he was saying about a colleague that he's got and should he hit on her and everything and I said I basically said no you know I said no abundance mentality go out there's loads of other girls out there why are you hitting on this one girl who you know works in your office you're only going to cause problems for yourself and that is by and large my advice and it's certainly I think the advice that I read a lot when I read Manosphere sites, men's websites, and so on. I mean, that generally speaking, the advice, the sensible advice seems to be at work, leave it out. And I would kind of go along with that. The only thing that I would say is I think the impression that I've got reading some of these comments from guys based in America is that they are very, very concerned with the HR aspects of um, having sex with colleagues they're very concerned about getting called out in front of human resources getting into trouble potentially losing your job and everything now without a doubt there is also that risk in the UK as well and I'm sure I can't really speak to other countries because I haven't worked in them but I'm sure that's I'm sure that's the case pretty universally certainly the case in the UK but I wonder if it's the case quite to the same extent as in the US because I know, certainly in London, I mean, the, uh, and things are changing. And I mean, you know, please always use your own discretion. And, you know, you've got to weigh up the situation very, very carefully. But I know in London, loads and loads of office-based affairs go on. Loads of people having sex with each other. Um, particularly in sort of younger tech kind of companies where you've got a lot, a lot of younger millennials working there. You know, I mean, these places are like... You know, it's like a frat party with added sex going on. Now, I'm not saying that that's not very risky business because if you get on the wrong side of somebody, then, of course, it is your job that could be on the line because they might complain, they might tell a manager, the manager might speak with HR, and then it could be used against you. But um, let's not pretend that these things don't happen. And as I say, you, you have to sort of weigh up the the pros and cons very carefully. But if you can get away with it, then you wouldn't be the first person and you probably wouldn't be the only person who is uh, putting their fingers in the till, if you like, uh, at your office. I'm sure there are other people doing it. So... Yeah, I mean, just weigh up, the, weigh up the consequences. Think very carefully how much you value that particular job, how long you're going to be at that company, how long she's going to be at that company, and all the rest of it. As a general rule, uh, your place of work should not be a place for pickup. It should be separate. And the other thing as well is that actually pickup at work is very difficult. Certainly it's difficult for me with my style of game. Now, I think some guys do quite well. The guys that do well in terms of pulling girls at work tend to be the naturals. They tend to be the natural, good-looking, tall, alpha kind of dudes who would have done well anyway because the girls within the, within the sphere of, of the workplace are naturally just going to go for the most, you know, the hottest guys that, that are there. So, but, but the girls are being the selectors. Now, when you do game or when you do pick-up and you want to be the selector, so you want to walk up to her and say, I want you, but, but show me why you're good enough, uh, you're you're flipping the script. You're playing a different role. So you're not just waiting there for her for you know tracing an account to reveal that she finds you attractive one evening after she's had a few drinks. You know you want to be proactive, and for me it's very difficult to do that in a work situation because I like to go all in 
Um, you know, I like to I like to burn, as I said on Twitter the other day, I like to burn my sets to the ground. You know, I like to go in there and make it very clear, you know, I, I generally go direct, so I want to make it very clear what I want. I want to be cocky, I want to be funny, I want to challenge her, I want to tease her. Um, and you, you know, you, you can't really, I mean, what are you going to do? Walk into your new job and do that to somebody on the first day? I mean, that would just be crazy, you know, um, because you've got to see these people every day as well. My um, style of game has always been kind of hit and run really I mean it's always been go up to somebody I don't know in either in a club or in the street or in a bar or a restaurant or whatever uh, talk to her try to create attraction uh, tease her challenge her uh, instill some comfort and then get her number or take her home whichever one it's going to be and if that doesn't work I just walk away and I never see her again and I can't do that in a work situation it just it just doesn't work so there you go. A little bit of a rant about, about work game. Uh, it might be different for you. Let me know. Um, but anyway, so the number of times that I've had sort of relationships with people at work have been very small, but it has happened a couple of times. And uh, it, this particular girl, she started at the place I was working and I was just like, as soon as I saw her, I was just like, she's really cute and I've, I've got to get, I've got to get her. I've got to get her, find a way to get her somehow. So I, I, t I kind of targeted her um, and the way that I did it was um, I didn't really speak to her much in work at all, actually. So she was a friend of another girl who was there who I, who I kind of knew, got on OK with. So I was just kind of funny. You know, if we if we got in the lift at the same time, I'd make, maybe make a joke or I kind of I'd say hi and everything. But I didn't try to befriend her or anything like that. Um, I, I wasn't hanging around her I, I wasn't I didn't show her where the lockers were or anything like that you know I kept my distance but when I did bump into her I'd be a bit funny and a bit cocky and a little bit you know uh humorous and you know whatever else and then the Christmas party came up and at the Christmas party I'd made a decision already that I was gonna I was gonna go for it with this girl so uh fairly early on in the evening um we were Everyone was at this club for the Christmas party, the Christmas celebration thing. People standing around getting drinks and everything. And I was just, I just spoke to her. I was just direct. I said, look, I like you. I want to take you out for a drink. Um, let's, let's do this. You know, let's, let's sort something out. So she gave me her number. Um, and then I started texting her. And then around, it was actually kind of, it was the day before New Year's Eve, I think, a few years ago, we went for a drink, and then she ended up coming back to my place, and we had sex, and then, and that then led into this sort of no strings attached relationship that lasted for quite a long time, actually, um, maybe half a year, maybe a bit longer, you know, quite a, quite a while that she was, we were fuck buddies, and we were working in the same office, not particularly closely together, but, you know, we were working for the same business, and we were fuck buddies and nobody knew about it. And that's one of the key things. You know, nobody, nobody in the whole place knew about it. I don't even know if anybody ever found out about it afterwards. Um, I didn't tell anybody. I don't imagine she told anybody. And yeah, so that was a kind of a, <clears throat> that was an ideal way to do a work pull, if you like. Because, and I mean, it could have gone all horribly wrong, you know, if... I'd have, if we'd have 
fallen into a relationship, if emotions have got involved, if it had become a bigger thing, then suddenly you're having a work relationship. And those things can be, I mean, either, it, it goes one of two ways, really. Either you become an old married couple and you just work together and, you know, that's it. And everyone knows and, it, and, and you're just this established couple. Or it just blows up and it turns into a massive disaster and there's meltdowns in the office in front of everybody and people shouting and shit. I mean, I, I believe you me, I've been privy to some pretty entertaining but pretty horrendous kind of work um, relationships gone wrong. Not that I've been in, but other people around me. And um, yeah, you, you know, you don't really want to go there. It's not really, uh, it's not a good look really. Uh, more hassle than it's worth. But with this particular instance, with this girl, it was kind of ideal and I was feeling my way, you know, I hadn't really sort of sat down and planned all this out. But one thing I did know, and I think this is important for a guy, you know, one thing I did know is that as, as men, there's even a joke about this, isn't there? I forget exactly how it goes. But I think as men, we're very keen to show off a bit about our conquests. And I think that counts even for pickup artists or people that pull fairly regularly. You know, there's a little part of us that thinks, yeah, this girl's quite cute. I want to show off about that. I want to tell my friends so that I look cool. I want people to know so that I get that little extra feeling of validation and whatever it is. Now, I, I had experienced enough by this point to know that that wasn't going to fly. That if I told anybody, if I tried to boast about it or make a joke about it or, or let anybody in the office know, then the rumour would go round and like the likelihood was she would pull back and we would stop sleeping together. So I kind of knew if I wanted the sex to carry on, then I would have to be very, very discreet. And so I was, and so nobody found out. And that actually is one of the, the later points in this list. But um, but yeah, so I, as I say, I got into this no strings, fuck buddy sex arrangement with this girl. It lasted for half a year or so. It probably would, it probably could have carried on for longer, to be honest. I mean, it was, I almost got bored of it as much as anything else because there literally was nothing to it, really. We just meet up, okay, let's go back, have sex, right, got to get a taxi home, that's it, which is great for a bit. And then, you know, after a while, I had other people, I had, you know, I had other people that I was seeing and, you know, it became a little bit perfunctory and I just thought it lost something of the spark. So it kind of naturally came to an end, but probably could have carried it on for a bit longer. So anyway, getting into the tips, I've, I've done seven tips kind of based on that and some other experiences I've had about how to uh, achieve that state of having a fuck buddy with no strings attached. So the first thing is pick number one, pick the right girl. You know, it's a pretty obvious one, really, isn't it? Started for 10. But you want to... As obvious as it sounds, I'm going to say it anyway, because this is this is the point I made. You've got to pick a girl who's going to want to be in a fuck-buddy relationship. And in general, not exclusively, but in general, age is going to come into this. Because, let's face it, girls who are in their early 20s, early to mid-20s, to maybe around 27 or so, are just naturally going to be more up for it. Now, the other group that, that might be up for it, um, although I haven't done a lot of investigation into this myself, is the MILF category. So um, there might, another particularly fertile hunting ground could be, you know, your women who've had a kid or had a couple of kids, um, been with a guy, now they're separated. She's looking after the kids, she's working, you know, she's got needs. Maybe she wants a bit of a bit of fun on the side, but she doesn't, you know, want to get into anything too serious. 
So that could also be a possible a possibility for a target. Or, you know, a girl who's in her 30s who, who doesn't want kids, doesn't really want to settle down, etc. But by and large, as we all know, when girls get to that 27, 28, 29, 30 mark... You know, the biological click starts ticking. They want to, they start thinking about kids and families and everything. And so those girls just naturally are going to be less up for some sort of really casual kind of thing, you know, because they're looking for the guy who's, they're looking for the provider. They're looking for the guy who's going to hang around. So I'm not saying deliberately go for younger girls, but I am saying you've got to think about it. When you, when you're considering a girl as a potential um, fuck buddy, you've got to think, is that even going to be something that she she consider at this point in her life? Now, with the girl from my place of work, I, I guess I didn't really think into that question too, too deeply, but the reality was she was ideal because I think she was 23, you know, went turned 24, uh, had just come out of a relationship, wasn't really looking for anything serious, you know, wanted a bit of fun, something on the down low, didn't really want to get into anything too heavy. Um, you know, kind of millennial party girl out having out having a good time with her friends, wanted a bit of sex, wanted a bit of cock, but uh, nothing too, you know, didn't want to get bogged down into some big relationship. So actually with her, it was ideal and it was a mutually beneficial uh, thing as a result of that because I was getting something from it, she was getting something from it, it was, you know, we had a good time and, and that was it. So that's what you want. You know, with all of these things, you want to have a win-win situation where you're both getting something you want from it and you're having a, a, a fun time. So the point number two was set the fuck buddy frame from the start. And what I said here is you must set the correct frame from the start. That is, you must never, and I put that in capitals because I was so angry, or rather I was so emphatic, I should say, um... You must never position yourself as a potential boyfriend and you must make it clear, covertly, that this is all about sex and nothing more. What this means in practice is that if she tells you she already has a boyfriend, you should say something like, I'm not looking to steal you away from him, thus identifying yourself as a lover rather than a provider. And then I went in to say, you must escalate to sex on the first date or the second, at the, or the, at the latest the second. It's Because this isn't... So there's a couple of in, there's a couple of issues that come out of this. The first thing is the lover provider thing. So you are without any shadow of a doubt there should be no question that you are positioning yourself as a lover that is somebody to have casual sex with rather than a provider that is a potential boyfriend. And the whole thing about dating and courtship and everything else is that's her opportunity to assess your suitability as a potential partner. But if you're never going to be the potential partner, then then she doesn't need to do that. And so why would you give her the impression that she does? You know, what you what you need to do, as I say, is set the frame from the beginning. So you are there because you want to have casual sex. Um, you, you know, you don't want to become her boyfriend. You don't want to marry her. You don't see a happy ever after ending. This is what it is. And you have to set that frame. Now, the, the important word here is covertly. And I will come back to talk about this um, in a minute, but I'm not saying that you have to tell her all of this. I don't because that's not going to, really going to work either. Um, you need to show this through your actions. You need to set the frame um, as not as as not being a potential boyfriend, but you don't need to verbalise that. 
And that leads into point three, which is don't act like her boyfriend. And this is really getting into how you do it. So she's going to compartmentalise you pretty quickly if you do certain things. So if you steadfastly avoid doing the kinds of things that a boyfriend would do, which are maybe taking her for dinner, suggesting weekends away, cooking for her, and so on, then she's going to get the idea pretty quickly, you know, what this is, which is a casual sex situation. You know, you need to really, ideally, you want to be in the position where you can send her a booty call, text message late at night at 11 o'clock, telling her to come over without preamble. You know, you, you, you want it to be, you want to be able to shoot her a text and say, hey, you out, why don't you come over? kiss or whatever you know or wink or something um that's what you want to get to because that is that is the heart of the the situation you know you are um sex on demand you are a an arrangement rather than you know a deeply emotional sort of loving bond and that's you know that's both what you want to communicate but it's also what you actually want to get out of it yourself and one way to do that is don't contact her that frequently in between when you meet up. So keeping your text messages very short and logistical, uh, not asking her if she's seeing other guys, uh, you know, not leading the conversation towards anything that a boyfriend might talk about. Now, all of that is not to say that you can't have um, some fun with her. So what I would do with this girl from work, maybe I should make a name for her actually. Um, I'll call her Jane which wasn't her real name, but I'll call her Jane for the sake of that. So with Jane, um, yeah, we used to have, you know, basically we would go for a couple of drinks. So we would go out, we'd leave work uh, together. I'd probably meet her around the corner. We'd get a taxi somewhere because I was being mega kind of cautious at the time. I didn't want to get seen by anybody. So we'd get a taxi over to another part of town and we'd have a couple of drinks. You know, I'd buy a couple of cocktails. Um, (laughs) She clocked. So there was quite a... (laughs) As, as an aside, um, which is uh, not totally germane to the topic at hand, she clocked the fact that I didn't drink alcohol. So I've posted before about not drinking alcohol. And guys sometimes say, you know, how do you go on dates and not drink alcohol? And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And um, with this particular girl, I did what I normally do, which is I ordered the drinks. I'd go to the bar, I ordered the drinks. I would order her a vodka and lime or whatever she she was drinking and I would order myself a soda and lime and then just give her the drink and not tell her that I wasn't drinking alcohol. I think the second time we went out, she was kind of asking me what I was drinking or something. And, um, I, (laughs) and then she insisted on buying me a drink. So I did something that I have done a few times and this is, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend this because this isn't, you know, a great example of game but if you can't drink then you 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 do have to if you really can't drink you have to encounter these things and you have to find ways around it so I did what I could at the time so she bought me a drink um something like a a vodka vodka and lemonade or something I went to the toilet poured it away poured water into the glass came back I thought well this is genius you know she's not going to know that the you know she she's just going to assume that I'm drinking the drink that she bought for me I'm drinking alcohol and then the problem goes away but she clocked it and so she's like, she's saying why are you not drinking alcohol what are you drinking that's that looks like water I'm like no it isn't no it isn't she said look I know and she said she said look I'm not stupid I know you don't drink um and she said you, you don't think that 
you know, you have to drink or, or, or you have to, you know, make me have a couple of drinks before I'll have sex with you because I, I don't make, have, I, I'll have sex with you anyway. I'm not going to make it, have sex with you on the basis of whether or not I'm drunk or whether or not you're drunk. Um, so that kind of put me in my place and I felt like a bit of an idiot, but she was absolutely right and she clocked me and, and yeah, so that's, um, a little aside there for guys who ask about what it's like not to, to drink on dates because, you know, ultimately if the attraction's there, it's not going to matter. And if you do get a girl who busts your balls about it and, you know, is insistent that you drink, then she's probably got a bit more of an issue than perhaps, you know, she's aware of. So this girl didn't didn't care and, you know, that, that was it really. But uh, anyway, so quite a savvy girl. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you can socialise in the sense, go for a couple of drinks, you know, hang out a bit, you know, listen to a bit of music together and stuff, but it's not the, the ultimate purpose every time you meet up is, is to have sex. You're not just hanging out for the sake of hanging out. Now, I made a mistake with this with a different girl in a, a, a completely different situation where we were fuck buddies at first and then we did start hanging out um, sometimes when we wouldn't have sex because she might be on a period or something. And that is a one-way ticket to relationships bill you know you can't pull back from that you end up in a relationship unless you dump her so you know to maintain the frame don't act like the boyfriend and then the fourth point I put was don't break the fourth wall now this refers back to what I said before really which is you know just be a bit classy about it you don't have to be explicit about what's going on because women get it anyway um girls aren't stupid we already know that girls categorise between the boyfriend, the provider, the fuck buddy, the, the husband, you know, cats and dads and all the rest of it. So they already know what the game is anyway. So don't say things like, isn't it cool how we just met up to fuck and there's never going to be anything more between us, ha ha ha, because it's just a bit tacky really and... It, you risk triggering her anti-slut defence hardwiring because then she might turn around and say, well, I didn't realise, how dare you? What do you think I am? You know, just a piece of meat? That's outrageous. And then you can get into that problematic situation where you may have talked yourself out of sex. So I... I mean, I, I'm very guarded with women anyway. I, I, I don't say anything, really. I don't... Even if I've been dating her for, you know... Even if I'm in a relationship with her, I, I don't... I, I'm very resistant to having any conversation that defines um, the nature of the relationship between us because, you know, I don't like to get boxed in, basically. So in the same way that a guy shouldn't initiate a conversation with a girl to say, are you my girlfriend? Are we are we serious? Because it should be the girl that does that because you want her to want you enough to to, to want to lock you down, not the other way around if you want a girlfriend, in the same way as you shouldn't do that, you also, for the opposite situation where you just want to be fuck buddies, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be saying, isn't it cool we just meet up to fuck and there's nothing between us and it's, it's all just so fun. Uh, just don't mention it. Don't talk about it. It doesn't matter. She knows what's going on. Uh, so you don't need to talk about it. Just, just leave it. Talk about other things. Um, the fifth point is 100% discretion. Now, I sort of covered this already really before when I was talking about how we met and the work situation. Yeah, just be really, really discreet. 
as I say, there is this drive for validation. I think that guys have, myself included, although it's lessened over the years, you know, we kind of want to boast a bit. We kind of want to tell our mates, particularly if she's hot, we want people to know. Um, we want people to think well of us because we pulled this 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 hot girl and so on. Just don't bother. Just just don't do it because if you and it, it, I I mean I'll preface that by saying okay, it depends to some extent on the situation. I mean I I couldn't do it because we were working in the same office and that could have been problematic. If you never see her except at weekends, maybe you can tell a couple of your mates and stuff. But my, my point is, if there's any sort of shared association, if you if you've got mutual friends if you you know you live in the same area you work in the same area or whatever just don't tell anybody because do you really want to kill the golden goose you know what's more important to you is it looking good in front of some some other guys who are just going to forget about it in a, a week or so anyway or is it actually getting to have sex with her on the quiet you know so for me I realized that what was more important to me was having sex with her uh, on a regular basis on the quiet rather than just having a few people around the office know for the sake of my ego. So I was 100% discreet. I still actually, I mean, I'm still in friends with people who work at that place and who've left and everything else. And I don't think I've, um, I can't think that I've actually even told anybody to this day. And and it wouldn't really make any difference now because she's left as well and everyone's dispersed. But uh, yeah, so just, you know, just don't tell anybody. Don't keep it as a secret between you two. And it, it's kind of a bit more exciting that way as well, in a way. Number six stands to reason, really, make sure the sex is good. So if she's coming to you, uh, you know, if you're a fuck buddy, but the sex isn't that good, then from her point of view, you've got to ask the question, well, why, am I, why is she doing this? You know, I'm seeing this guy, all I'm getting from this is sex, and the sex isn't even that great. So, you know, in the end, particularly today, particularly with Tinder and, you know, all of these options that girls have and Snapchat and... Instagram and you know all of these different ways that guys have to, to hit on girls um, she's got a lot of options why is she going to keep giving up her Thursday night or whatever it is to fuck you if you're not doing a very good job of it so if the one thing you're offering her is sex then you at least need to make sure that that one thing is, is pretty damn good so I'm not going to go into a sex tutorial here there is stuff about it online if you want to look it up or just watch some Pornhub and you can get an idea but um, make sure that she's having a good time because that is kind of the what it's based on so you need to ensure that that at least is solid and then point number seven I said you have to accept that she may be fucking other guys and that one day she will stop fucking you so um a couple of points there, I suppose. I mean, the thing about other guys is it shouldn't be a problem to you, really, if she's not your girlfriend. When it becomes a problem, and this is... I'm speaking for myself here, really, so perhaps it's different to you. For you, perhaps... I don't know. Perhaps it's different. For me, the only time this is going to be an issue is if she's my girlfriend or if we've been together or if there's been some sort of emotional component to the relationship and then she goes and fucks another guy or she fucks my friend or something like that and then obviously in that scenario that's not gonna go down well with me I'm not gonna be happy about that but if it's a fuck buddy I mean so with Jane as I'm calling her this girl from from work um in the six months seven months or whatever I never asked her if she'd slept with anybody else I never asked her what she was doing you know she'd go out with her mates she'd go to clubs 
she'd go away for weekends with girlfriends and stuff. I mean, well, actually, I don't recall that. But, you know, she would she she had a pretty active social life. She was sort of an Instagram type girl. She her mates, they're all from Essex and they all went to the, I mean, if you guys are based in if anyone's based in Essex or in London, you'll know or in England, you'll know what that means. You know, she was all quite dressy, going out to the clubs, uh, getting a lot of male attention, probably. I mean, you know, for all I know, she was having sex with other people. Um, it's possible. But who really cares? Because for a start, we were using protection and of course, this show always comes with a health warning, which is use protection. But putting that side of it, putting that aside, in terms of the emotional impact on me, I mean, why would I really care? She wasn't my girlfriend. She was never going to be my girlfriend. In my head, I completely siloed this off. So this was never going to be a serious relationship. This was never going to be somebody that I was going to fall in love with, if such a thing exists. This was never going to be somebody who... You know, I was going to bring her home to meet my parents. She was somebody that I had sex with and we had a good time and that was it. So, you know, and then the rest of the time I kind of forgot about it. Um, yeah, you know, so whether or not she was sleeping with other people was kind of irrelevant to me, really. And it was never something I asked her. And, and that's another thing, because if you do ask, then it, once again, you're putting yourself into boyfriend mode because... If you're just fucking her, then why do you care? So if you ask, then you show your hand because you're, what you're subcommunicating is, actually, I kind of like you. You know, I'm getting kind of hooked on you and I want to know what else you're doing. And again, if this is a delicate sort of situation where things kind of are not entirely spoken, you know, but you are fucking on the regular, then, you know, you want to be careful about killing that golden goose upsetting the apple cart to mix my metaphors uh, because you probably want the sex to continue and if you do then you want to be mindful of that and not do anything that's gonna you know cause her to take a step back and think hang on a minute what's actually happening here what does this guy really want and do I want it you know the second part of it is one day she'll stop fucking you and sadly gentlemen um, obsolescence is built into fuck buddy relationships. It's just the nature of them. You cannot, and I've talked to male friends about this. I, I've talked to guys who are players um, about this. And I mean, if you've got a different story, please do get in touch and let me know because I would be very interested to hear. But in general, you know, you're not going to continue just fucking a girl forever. It's just not going to happen because. Um, you know, either she is going to, either she's under 27 and then she hits 27 and she says, shit, what am I doing? Is this guy going to commit? Am I, what am I, where's my life plan going? The biological clock is ticking ever louder. I need to find somebody who's going to help me facilitate that. So either she's thinking that or maybe she's, she's over that age, but she's going to be thinking, well, hang on a minute. I want I want more than this. You know, I want somebody who's going to commit to me. I want somebody who's going to... Because, you know, women obviously like the... Um, women are much more desirous, I, I think it's fair to say, of sort of domesticity, at least in the short term, um, than guys are. And if you're not offering that, then in the end it sort of becomes... And, and things like marriage as well. You know, if all our friends are getting married and everything and you're just there like, oh, come over at 11 and let's fuck, then she's going to be thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know, my friend just got married, my other friend's engaged, 
I look like, you know, I look like a bit of an idiot here. I need to get a guy who's, I need to show that I can get a guy who's going to commit to me too. And because you're not offering commitment, and commitment is one of the main things in my experience that girls want in the end, then she's going to find someone who is. So, as I said, with Jane, it kind of, it sort of fizzled out really, to be honest. I mean, we fucked and, you know, it went on for a few months and then we stopped fucking and that was it. Um, But... She did get a boyfriend after that. Sometime, it, not immediately, but sometime after that, she did get a boyfriend, and she was with that guy. I think for you know, like a year and a half or something like that. I think she, I, th- I think she might be single now from Facebook, but um, not that I'm stalking her. I'm not on there every night crying into my, <laughs> into my, into my drink, and you know, thinking about what used to be. But um, my point anyway is that um, she then did go into a relationship with somebody after me, and presume you know in the end that's kind of in the end that's going to be what she wants you know she's going to want to have a boyfriend so she can put pictures of them on instagram and um you know and all the rest of it and then probably go down the route that most people go down which is you know to 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 commit to to you know look at marriage and then kids you know because most as i found out to my uh to, to my cost i suppose in a way is that Ultimately, most girls do want to settle down and be mothers, you know, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, that I'm not knocking that. That is their biological imperative. It's their prerogative. Um, whatever anyone wants to do with their lives, I think that's fine. Is it what I want to do with my life at this stage? No, not really. So, you know, then you get into these situations where you have to re- you have to let girls go. You have to let relationships go because... You know, you, you having a kid or, or committing, it's a pretty fundamental thing. And it's very hard to negotiate around that, really. Um, you either do it or you don't. And ultimately, if you're not prepared to do it, or you're not prepared to do it with that particular girl, then you have to accept that either you're going to have to let her go or she is going to go of her own accord at some point because somebody else out there is going to give her what she wants. And, you know, we, we all know... We all know the divorce rate. We all know how these things end up. But, um, you know, she's going to go in the direction that she thinks will give her what she wants and make her happy. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is, you know. Um, so there's advantages to being the lover, which are pretty obvious. You get the sex. You you, you don't... I mean, most of the advantages are on the lover side, really, because you get the sex, which is the fun bit. You get to the feminine essence. You get to hang out with her a bit, but you don't get the annoying nagging. You don't get, you know, all the rest of it. But you also end up getting dumped, which is kind of the story of Alfie, I suppose, the movie, um, if anyone's seen that. The uh, Michael Caine original version, far, far superior, I think, to the Jude Law version. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if ultimately, if you don't offer commitment, then you are going to get dumped or you're going to get stepped over for someone else or you're going to have to leave her um, to escape from the chains of domesticity. So, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other podcast there. I could get a little bit deep on that. Um, but it's something to be aware of. So with Fuck Buddies, you know, it, 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 it's got a sell-by date on it and that sell-by date is approaching. So just accept that and... You know, if you want to be immune from that, then you need to, as as um, Rollo used to say, you need to spin plates. So you need to have other irons in the fire. You need to have other leads. You need to have other options, other girls that maybe you're seeing. So that when inevitably and finally she does um, bring it to an end, then you, you know, 
you're not going to be too put out, if you like. Um, I recall one time, it happened to me with a different girl who I've been seeing. I met through Day Game, actually. I met her on the Tube. I just said, hey, I think you're cute, whatever. We exchanged numbers. And we ended up as fuck buddies. So she lived in Hammersmith, which was quite near where I worked. And I used to go over to Hammersmith and go around to her flat and we'd have sex. And then I'd go away again and... Yeah, that was it. It was pretty cool. Uh, and then one time, and that went on for quite a long time as well, actually. And then one time she came around to my place and she said, Troy, I've got to tell you, this has got to finish because I've now met a guy that I really like. And I said, okay. And I said, well, maybe we should have sex one more time just for the road. And she <laughs> and she, she said no because she'd feel bad and everything else. But um, anyway, basically, she, she got together with that guy and now they're married. And um, yeah, you know, by the looks of Facebook again, living happily ever after. So it's a fact of life, you know. Um, she, she liked me. We had a good time together. The sex was good. But in the end, she wanted something, in inverted commas, serious. And that guy was able to provide it and I wasn't. So... Say la vie. There you go. Be mindful. Accept. Make a decision in the kind of life you want. And point yourself in that direction. So if you want no string sex, then hopefully those seven tips will have been helpful and will have stood you in good stead. Uh, I'd love to hear your stories about fuck buddies, how you've acquired them, how long it's gone on for. If there is somebody out there who's had a fuck buddy that, and it's just gone on for years and there's no sort of sign of commitment or them wanting to lock you down or anything, then I would love to hear that story. And I might even get you on the podcast for an interview because I just, I've never seen that work before. But maybe it does, you know, maybe it does for some people. So let me know, get in touch, Twitter, you can email me um, via my website, realtroyfrancis.com. Um, and let me know what you think. Or let me know your experiences in this area. Okay, I've gone over today. We're on 45 minutes, so quite a long one. And uh, as she said, so I will stop now. I hope that you've got value from this. And I look forward to hearing your comments and speaking with you again very soon. Bye-bye.